Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, how good's footy? Dog shit. I don't want to fucking Next talk question. about it. I agree. Episode over. It was so long ago that I've forgotten what happened. Couldn't even tell well, you. Well, Tom, we're recording this later than usual, uh, which unfortunately means that we have to record for shorter than usual. Uh, so let's just do a absolute fucking speed round. Uh, Monday Night Football, whilst good, uh, means that Less time for this to be done. So let's get to it. Tom, Thursday night, your team ate shit. Friday night, my yep. team ate shit. What happened on Saturday? Brisbane. <laughs> All right. Brisbane, the premi- well the done. Premiership favorites. They fired up. They won by 20 points. They beat the Giants exactly the same fashion as they did last year at Giant Stadium. We're the, we're the real deal, boys. Yeah. I was well, say, how was- important is that win for you in terms of how you feel Brisbane are tracking? I think I said this to you guys on the day or leading mm. up to the game. It feels like the first one that's mattered this year. Um, just because everyone's been whinging all week about how Brisbane can't win away from the Gabba, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was good. It was good to beat a team that for some reason are still like highly regarded as a premiership favorite, even though they've been kind of dog shit for most of the year. Been pretty yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. Well, they're issue- only beaten Collingwood. That's their only win of substance that I can remember off the top of my head. But I don't know. Uh, Sh- Sean, you're forgetting that Collingwood are well prior to your win were the premiership favourites as well, despite the fact that they had also lost to a bunch of teams. I it's look, just Geelong yeah. lost to Collingwood, and I would still say pound for pound, Geelong are a better side than Collingwood. Tom, I just don't know if a 22 point loss signifies that. Anyway, uh, look. Can I say, though, losing <laughs> Selwood, worst guy we could have lost. Also, Tom, what about their injuries? What? One. How? Yep. Sick. How is that? Tom Stewart, Joel Selwood, Mitch Duncan, Narkel. We then lost Clark. So the two guys who were replacing two of the other guys then went down. It's fucked. I fucking hate Collingwood so much. 
And just while I'm on this, because I'm angry about the world right now, and I'm angry about this, the commentary on Thursday night was absolutely fucking dog shit. The AFL is a fucking dog shit organization. Collingwood are a club of cowards, and there is no way that a certain player should have been playing on Friday night, and I'm fucking glad he broke his fingers and he can't play for the rest of the year. So he should. So, Tom, just on that. I'm done. Now you've brought it up. So Jordan Degoe has had some... Look, this is going to be a fucked part of the show, as Tom's rant just indicated. But look, I'll, I could take it from here if you like, Joel. I, no, I it's fine. I, I'll be, it's I'll just because there's something that I want to touch on that will probably make you a little angrier, but I guess also have to clear the air. Jordan Ngoi has been charged with sexual assault. He is facing 10 years in jail. The NRL has a stand down rule that the AFL doesn't have that people are claiming should be in effect, which means that if you're charged with something, whether you're guilty or innocent, you just stood down from the team while the trial's happening. So Jordan Degoe is currently, I believe, on bail until September. Yep, correct. His court date is September or October. Yeah, October. Like, that's why he didn't play last week. The re- he didn't play last week because he had to technically break the AFL strict quarantine laws so he could go to the police station to be charged with sexual assault. Yes. Um, it wasn't a tragic event where he was unable to play and this week him kicking five goals was reward for him missing games, according to um, some of the commentary team on Channel 7, including a guy who should know better than Bruce McAvaney, who you've touched on should retire and douche. I agree. He should. Tell you what, live like Dennis. Dennis is fucking wearing cravats and fucking turtlenecks at the footy. He looks happy as shit. Get out on a high, Bruce. Don't drag yourself through the mud with BT and fucking Wayne Carey. So... Just on the stand-down thing, though, the NRL rule is more than 10 years. So even if the AFL had that exact rule, Jordan Degoe still plays on Thursday night. However, the NRL have a clause within their rules that if it involves uh, offences involving children or domestic violence or sexual offences, regardless of the amount of years, the NRL CEO and board can intervene. And even if it's only a three-year sentence can say you're on a no-fault stand-down rule. I just The yeah. AFL just need to do it. It's just for a club, for an organisation that claims to be progressive and is pushing the causes of women, they need to I- implement this. Someone was like, what if it was one of your players? Yeah, absolutely. If I found out that one of my favourite players or a player that I liked had done something like this, fuck him right off. Yeah. Geelong delisted a guy who had like, was a reasonably good young player because he had been involved in uh, an incident where he punched his girlfriend. They got rid of him the next season. He did not play for the rest of the year. You need to set these precedents, and I think the AFL need to do something, and Channel 7 need to be a hell of a lot better. And while Wayne Carey is a regular commentator on both them and Triple M, the AFL media are complicit in this just utter dog shit stance on things. It's just just dog shit. It's just dog shit. kind of got excited, I guess, because as a consequence of this, I was hoping that... Because, like, people realized that it was fucked that he was playing, obviously, and also uh, <laughs> the Collingwood social media team did themselves no favors because they had clipped the part. Oh, repugnant cunts, let's just be honest. Yep. i tell you what, I'm angry this week, boys. I mean, my computer wasn't working for an hour. That's why I'm really angry, but... <laughs> We're all angry um, about that. So, Collingwood social media team posted the clip of Degoe kicking his first goal, and Bruce said, like, that's where Bruce mentions that, like, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like that he was in a he little bit of trouble. He called it a hiccup. Tr- yeah. He's like, he, he, after the, the exact hiccup word he used week. was he called it a hiccup. Now, to his credit, he did apologize at the end. But my issue is less about Bruce's stuff. And it was more around BT, Basil, and the rest of the commentary team absolutely 
kissing Dugowie's feet. Like, he kicked five goals, played a very good game, but when he's involved in an incident like this, you've got to rein the hero worship right in. Mm. And I think with better on-air talent calling games who are more professional, you probably don't end up in that territory. And then towards the end, I think Joe Watson, who may be one of the worst commentators of all time, Mm. um, he's got no idea what's going on, but actually said, you know, this is good for him to get that reward after missing last week, as though he had been injured or had missed games through weird circumstances, not a a pending sexual assault charge. Um, Now, if he's found not guilty, that's fine. That's a separate incident. But I'm not talking about the guilt factor. I'm talking about the fact that the hero worship of someone charged with that, it's got to stop. And it's it stops when you stop letting Wayne Carey call games. Well, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say is because of the social media post, it put a lot of people up in arms about it. And I thought that maybe a certain commentator would be in hot water based on the fact that they are not an alleged... There's no alleged charges with Wayne Carey. He is... Mm. He's just yep. on record is a cunt and is like has been involved in domestic violence. Like his charge actually says domestic violence, comma cunt. <laughs> so with that, I thought that Channel Seven might feel the waves and be like, actually, we need to let him go. But no, instead, nothing happened. I'd like yep. to think that Channel Seven would move him on at the end of this season, but they've shown it's- no, like channel- yeah. we can't count on Channel Seven to do anything. Because yeah. they're utterly fucking useless and they have been for years. And the same goes, Tom, for the AFL. Like, you yeah. say that with the NRL, the the commissioner can override these decisions. A, you'd have to rely on Gill to do that. But a- as it stands, the AFL hasn't even come out and publicly said anything about Jordan mm. Ngoi. No. So, they're just but- weak as piss as well. Like, they just bow down think- to Collingwood. It's so you're funny how it's so say. different when it's a star player. Yeah. Yep. Well, you can imagine if this was a guy in his second year who played for like Frio and had played no games of footy, he'd be out of the comp. Like the yeah. AFL would swing the book at him because they don't want Eddie. And this is the other issue: Eddie, Eddie's conflict of interest being so heavily involved in the football media as a whole. What they actually need to do is they need to burn everything to the ground. They need to do the last Jedi. They need to go the last Jedi in AFL media. All right, destroy the past, burn it if you have to, rebuild with people like Hutto leading the way good callers, you know, get more people from a wider variety of sources. You know, there's a there's a program now on um, the AFL website about Indigenous footy, and they're like, look, we've got these voices. Yeah, get them off the website, put them in the fucking commentary team. Our game is made up of so many Indigenous players. You've got an entire women's league, and yet most of the commentary and media positions are dominated by people like Wayne Carey, and no offence, Joe Watson, who, great player, can't commentate. His only entry level into the game as a commentator is because he played football and was good at football but can't talk about it. He sucks yeah. as a commentator. I love him. Big fan of him. He's a good coffee maker. Bad commentator. You know what I was thinking too in regard to Channel 7 is they're, they're obviously going to strip back their commentary team a little bit with what's happening. And I assume they're all still recording the games from Melbourne in their little hub while the games have been played in Queensland, for example. Yeah, all over Correct. the I doubt. I doubt we'll see Daisy Pierce working... With Channel 7 again this season. No, probably not. Because they don't make room for her. She's the boundary rider or she's nothing at Channel 7. That's sort of their approach. They'd rather have the uninsightful fuckwit Wayne Carey as the special comments guy in the box with the commentators. It's just like, for fuck's sake, get him out. And this is the other thing too, is they've got guys giving insight onto the game who haven't played for like... 
Sean, this is going to blow your mind. Kane Corns probably gives a better insight to how the game is played now because he retired only about three or four years ago. Yeah, I agree. And that's still such an outdated like viewpoint on the game. He just it's it's so frustrating to watch, and I've never noticed it more than I think I noticed it for the whole weekend. I think Tuesday, a Thursday night was glaring me obvious. Like my team lost, and you know Collingwood did a really good job defensively at shutting Geelong down. Credit to the defensive side of it, but the hero worship of players who are who were basically facing criminal charges, but who were deeply like problematic just across the board. And a lot of Collingwood supporters on Twitter were bringing up, oh, yeah, but what about Stephen Milne? Yeah, Milne should have been stood down as well while his investigation was going on. Any player who is charged with something like this, like the AFL do a white ribbon game. Like what kind of fucking message does that send to people that you're going to do a white ribbon game that's called by Wayne Carey, who's accused of this shit and charged with this shit, and praise players who are also facing these kind of charges. It just it blows my mind. I fucking hate it. But I want to talk about good footy things rather than more bad footy things. And Sean, um, Tom Berry, big fan. That goal assist, is that what you're referring to? Oh, that was beautiful, Sean. A bloody laser kick. Um, oh, yeah, I was really happy with Brisbane. I It's no secret I don't like the Giants. Um, they're full of attempted murderers like Jeremy Cameron, <laughs> um, who I still haven't forgiven. And I don't watch the Giants enough, so every now and then I forget that I hate him. And then he's lining up for goal, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's you." <laughs> I um, I think I messaged you guys during the game. In the last quarter, he had a set shot like directly in front. It was a a sure thing, and I got I just like put my hands almost in prayer and said. Miss it, you fuck. Miss it, you fuck. Miss it, you fuck. About fifteen times, and then he shanked it. And that's Tom. the power of God. But God through me, I am the new footy god. I, <laughs> I forced that goal to miss, and uh, oh. I'm pretty happy with that because Brisbane won. So Tom, I don't know good. if you remember this message properly, but I believe that "fuck" was not the word that uh, Sean was saying in his prayers. No, no, it oh, wasn't was the it, word you were using. Was it "miss it, you cunt"? Yeah. Yes. Oh, was it? Oh, see, yeah, I just yeah. didn't remember. Yeah, the power just went through me, through me, through the TV, <laughs> to Giant Stadium, into Jeremy Cameron's murderous brain, and um, and he missed that goal. What an absolute fuckwit! Fuck him. Next game. Yeah, next game. Uh, yeah, so- unless there's anything, yeah, you do you want to talk just quickly? This is a stat that you will find very interesting, Sean. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, there was a list of there's apparently only five players who've kicked a goal in every game so far. This season, um, cool, man. your boy Charles is one of them. Of course. He'll kick a goal every week. I hope. Sometimes Oops. more. Um, he was good. He, he missed a couple, but he was exciting. And um, it was just a weird game. Like, I don't know who you'd give the three Brownlow votes to. I noticed Zorko got the coaches' votes. But um, there were, I think, 10 or 11 players for Brisbane who had over, like between 15 and 20 touches each. So, everyone just shared it around. It's a pretty even game. Yeah. Also, the Giants, no Toby Green, no Giants. I think that's pretty clear now. Yeah. Well, yeah, it used to be Mumford was the heart and soul of the club, but I guess they're now leaning into the fact that they're the heel of the AFL and there's no greater heel than Toby Green. Yeah. Uh, Lockie Keefe is oh one big dumb fuckwit. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw it, but he gave away a free kick and then had to throw the ball back to Hipwood, I think, and just fucking pegged it with speed at his ankles, and it just bounced away. And the umpire's like, yeah, mate, 50 metres. It's the <laughs> dumbest thing I've seen on a footy field, and there's been some dumb shit. So the Giants, they got some problems. They need to they need to uh, buckle down, try and win a game, and get back in the finals uh, contention at the moment. They're struggle town. 
Where are they now? Like eight, they're eleventh or twelfth. They're three Jesus. wins, four losses. They got Richmond this week. Well, they're thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yep. I just need to give something to you that might worry you a little bit. So yeah. as well, this is another interesting stat. So my team lost on Thursday from second position. Noticed. So far this year, the team sitting second on the ladder has not won a game. It's all right. We'll fix that up this week. You yeah. better. Curses yeah. are made to be broken. Yeah, count on it, Tom. I will. The next game was Sydney take on the Suns, and it showed that, one, Sydney have a lot of injuries, and without their senior players, really struggle. Two, Sydney have a really young side. Three, Isaac Rankin loves kicking fucking good, ridiculous Dermot Brereton silence in goals. Yeah, Dermot Brereton forgot he was commentating when that goal went through. He wanted to see replays. He was fucking just so excited. Fuck. Stewie Jew was just also in awe. Like, it cut to the coach's box and he just has a quick laugh to himself and shakes his head. Is there a more exciting two-game player in the history of the comp ever? Matty Rao? (laughs) This is a different kind of excitement. Different kind of excitement. This Rankin's, Rankin's the kind of player who is going to win goal of the year every year, I think, for the next 20 years. <laughs> like, he's just unreal. He's probably going to be Love better him. than Charlie Cameron. I- <laughs> just think about that. <laughs> I mean, can I just say, Sean, by the end of the season, he might be there already. going to have to rename my dog, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> and what I love is that he also, like, this was in the, the game last week, but he loves he just loves trying cheeky shit, and I think I love that the most. The thing where he um it was it wasn't the Melbourne game, it wasn't this one, where he got a free kick, got took a mark, went to sort of like shake and bake around Jaden Hunt and didn't get around him, like couldn't get around him, but made Jaden Hunt tackle him high. So got the free kick, went straight back to it and tried to do the exact same thing again. <laughs> in his and first Stuart game. Jew will just let him do that. He'll be like, You just do yeah. whatever you want, mate. Yeah. Got a license. Big Stevie J vibes. Love it. Sam Day looked like he was hurt for a bit, but then was fine, which was scary because, yeah, when Suns didn't. Yeah, when they were down a rotation for a little bit, they kind of fell apart a tiny bit. So I think the Suns are one of those teams that they haven't quite figured out how to function as a team when things don't immediately go to plan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, the first sign of, like, a spanner in the works, they're kind of fucked for a bit. And I think we saw that when Rao was injured and they just had no one to go to in the game after that and lost to... Fuck, who did they lose to? A team. Geelong. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. He did his shoulder in our game. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Um, the the interesting thing, just, just on this real quick, too, um, obviously, because your favourite Sydney player, Joel, Tom Papley, uh, kicked some goals. Um, he it. is equal first in the Coleman. Now, boys... The common race this year is, I think, Charlie. So there's Papley, Dixon, Charlie Cameron, Jeremy Cameron, and there's one other that I am not remembering, who is also a small forward. A lot of commentators having a big old sook about the fact that a small forward might win the common. Shut the fuck up! It's 2020. I'll be having them? a sook if uh, Papley wins the goal. Uh, wins the common I mean, just because I hate him. There's a few. Brownie yeah, had a bit too. of a whinge. Brownie had a bit of a whinge the other night. Oh yeah. Brownie, mm-hmm. your mate. It was like, oh, I don't know if I like seeing small forwards winning the Coleman. Yeah, why do you think that is, Tom? Because he's a big key forward. That's right. He never won a Coleman. (laughs) Bloody loves it. Speaking of your former players, though, Sean, do you know who's getting an absolute fucking workout? 
Luke Hodge, because he's in Queensland. He's boundary riding oh, like yeah. three games a day. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be he'll be like he'll be he'll be matched. Did you it. see the suit he was wearing the other day though? Every suit that those fucking commentator fuckwits wear is the ugliest fucking suits I've ever seen. I'm a man with no fashion sense. I only wear fucking band t-shirts and jeans. And even I can fucking dress myself better than those cunts that that's Channel 7 studio. <laughs> My god. Get suits that fucking fit. And also get suits that don't have the most fucking dog shit ugly I saw fucking pattern on them. I hate them so much. If you've got long fucking arms, get a jacket that fucking fits your long fucking arms. None of this fucking halfway up the forearm shit. Fuck you. Does Gil get all of their suits fucking made? I'm sick of it. Hodgie felt like... (laughs) Hodgie's suit felt like he was going to a country town's races and all he needed was a pair of white shoes and sunnies on the back of his head. Yeah, I thought his suit was alright, Tom, until I noticed it was fucking pinstripe. And didn't fit. No! Ugh. I'm sick Hodgie. of it. Lift. Papley, stop running into goals with your chin first. I'm sick of that too. <laughs> Next game, North Melbourne. Embarrass themselves. Incredibly. I'm so angry at North because I tipped them. I, I believed <laughs> that North would bounce back. And well, again, I tipped the team I wanted to win, which I don't want Tom. Richmond winning. And You know what? The trap we fell into. We thought that what? North stood for something. And they just don't. Shin boner. Nah. Fucking ass. Two goals. Sick of it. Two goals. (laughs) No score in the first quarter. uh, Nothing. First time that... And then two goals for the whole game. Well, Tom, they... North. You said they were going to bounce back. Lenarch is going to come back out of retirement and clean... You just fucking shin bone the shit out of you. (laughs) You said they were going to bounce back and they did in the second quarter. Get Mick Martin down there just to punch them all. Fuck. (laughs) Bring back Brent Harvey. Get him to 500 games. A thousand. Yeah, why not? Um, oh. So yeah, North North outscored Richmond in the second quarter by a point. Uh, it was two goals, two, two, two goals, three. Unfortunately, after that, North Melbourne only kicked uh, another nine behinds for the game, where Richmond, you know, went on to kick five goals, six. That's also annoying, because the scoring shots are basically the fuck... Oh, no, they're not. What am I talking about? Jesus Christ, I can't read. Uh, Richmond had nine more scoring shots. Uh, I can tell that yep. because they kicked 11 goals 11 and North Melbourne kicked two goals 11. Uh, it's the first time that Damian Hardwick has coached a team that has kept a team entirely scoreless in the first quarter. And it is the first time that I've felt secondhand embarrassment watching a football club play footy. My God, wow. North Melbourne. They're lucky that Adelaide are a basket case, aren't they? Well, North started the year all right and they've just shit their pants real bad. Hmm. Just a it's like, bad club. I feel yeah. sorry for people at Barrack for North at the moment. <laughs> um, Damien Barrett, our our favourite uh, bespectacled journalist. Yep. If we want to call him that. Um, our favourite parasite, parasitic cunt. Yep. He's reporting that North Melbourne are actively putting Ben Brown on the trade table, which is big. What's he worth now, though? Well, can I just say there's one club that I think should absolutely go for him. I don't want him. <laughs> no, Geelong, get fucked. It's the Bombers. Oh, you got nothing in the forward line, mate. We've got zero Maybe. tall forwards. I don't think he's a shit player. He's kicked sixty plus goals three previous seasons before this one. Yeah, Maybe he's just got a shit game plan, shit teammates. Sean, he's a flopper though. Yeah, and Essendon don't need that because you're fucking slowly starting to get like a team spirit happening. I don't want to fucking but add Joel. a cut. 
You know what else he is, though? He's a big cunt. He probably could oh. try it in. Yes. <laughs> Sean, I was about to say, here's what you do. You get him there. Step one. Step one, reinvent Ben Brown. You get him to Essendon. You shave his head. Oh, Give him a sleeve. Look. Sleeve and a mustache. No. No sleeves. Essendon, no tattoos, remember? Jake Stringer does. Well, Jake Stringer. Oh, Jake Stringer. He's got all our tattoos. No, there was a photo of our entire club, no tattoos. Uh, but it was after a game where Stringer was injured. And- Stringer hadn't played. <laughs> yeah. You know what I want? I've just figured it out. Tom's what? right. You bring, you, you bring Ben Brown to the club. You shave yep. his head. You give him a tattoo, but the tattoo's got to be on his head. And instead <laughs> of saying shin boner, it says shin fucker. And he just shins everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we are missing our brown this year, so maybe bringing in a new brown is a good idea. There you go. Um, He's a big man, and he can pinch hit in the ruck. Get Mitch Brown back. Oh, well, Mitch Brown is not playing. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So, yeah, maybe. Let's just get him back. The Brown brothers. Wish we'll bring back. Bring him back. Yeah, just bring him back. I'm sure he's match fit. I'm sure he's just ready to go. He'll kick us 60 goals next year. Ben Brown will kick 80. It'd be huge. Dusha, can I ask you a question about a stat mm. that you're going to hate? Yeah. So apparently, just based on my math, you haven't beaten the Bulldogs for six games straight. Uh, yeah. Seven. So, Tom, here's a worst, worst stat. We haven't beaten them since like 2014 or something. Fuck. You've never beaten a Luke Beveridge Bulldogs team. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yep. and it's apparent, and they do this to us every fucking time, and it exposed us real bad last uh, this weekend as well, because they play like the same brand of football that we do. They just manage to do it better against us, and then we're fucking frazzled and it's cooked. You saw it in the first quarter, like the first quarter was like the most obvious example of that, where it was like a shootout for a bit, and then the moment that they locked down our forward line, which doesn't take much at the moment, we were just fucked. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I think, look, where it really hurt was, again, you could use someone who can pinch hit in the ruck, like a big sideshow bob-haired man named Ben. Yeah, and McKernan was off, so our, t- our one tall forward was an issue. Um, We swung hooker forward, that was nice, he kicked a goal after missing one, and yeah, that was pretty good. Little victories, mate. You've got to take the little victories. Yeah. I took Gary Ablett's um, ankle break on Jamie Elliott as mm. my one win of the week in a loss. There was two moments in the Essendon game <laughs> that I liked, and that was our first goal came from a really fucked goal assist, um, which was a shot at goal that was offline. McKernan punched the ball back in from over, like sp- spoiled the our own kick so that it bounced back into play straight onto, I think it was Tipper, who ran into an open goal. Was big, or maybe it was Zaharakis. I can't remember. The spoiler was the important part. Just quick thinking, and yeah, Hooker's goal means that uh, we might swing him forward when we need it. That's, that's what I like to see. Anyway, next game. Oh, speaking of heartbreak, if you barrack for Carlton, suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was a massive fucking game. Yeah, I, you know I don't want to speak too highly of. Um... Of Port Adelaide, so <laughs> nothing exciting happened in this, did there? <laughs> I uh, I sent you boys a video uh, on the weekend <laughs> yeah. after this game of uh, my brother who wrote to us last week. Yes, uh, Port Adelaide supporter. Yes, he his friend 
Uh, he lives in Geelong, so they don't have to be in lockdown. But he was at his friend's house watching the game. They're both Port Adelaide supporters. And his friend bought a bunch of Port Adelaide-only footy cards and stuck them to his lounge room wall, a uh, kitchen wall, I think. So they're watching the game in one room. Uh, they film the Robbie Gray mark kick after the siren. I love that Robbie Gray, too, had three chances to ice the game, blew the two easy ones, and then nailed the shot on his wrong side in the pocket after the siren. Like, just was like, no, 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 I'll take the hardest one, thank you very much. Anyway. Yeah. He nails it through. Now, my brother in this video loses his mind. Kicks a goal. So the goal was like... cheers. From the boundary, 50 metres out. Oh, it's a it's a ripping kick. Yeah. Like, it is shades of uh, a certain West Coast player in 2018. Um, Are you talking about when Dom Sheed broke the hearts of all of Collingwood? Correct. <laughs> Correct. It's a good Robbie Gray did a similar thing to Carlton. For this show and for yeah. everyone in the country and the world. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Especially this week for me. I, I think, think about that kick with fondness. That kick may have been the last good thing in human history. Yeah. <laughs> it's all gone downhill from since then. Yeah. The, all the magic of the world went into just guiding that kick through the goals. And we're paying the um, price. But it's a heavy What price. I might not have explained, boys, when I sent you that video of my brother Worth celebrating it. Robbie Gray's goal, is he then he gets <laughs> he gets up, he runs out of the room. Now, I thought he was just overcome with emotion and just running out of the room. He messaged me later to tell me he ran out of the room to find the footy card of Robbie Gray on the wall and high-five it. <laughs> that is my favourite Jacob moment ever. Oh, I knew you'd love it. I knew you'd Such love it. Such good energy with that. I love that so much. Yep. I've got some yep. Brisbane footy cards at work, and I need to bring them home for this weekend, I think. Just I don't in know case. whether to copy that move and put them on the wall. That's not bad. High-five the wall with the player. Or the I just player. have them on the coffee table in front of me, and like if Charlie kicks a goal, I just pick up the Charlie card and give it a little kiss. That's good. That's good. Oh, that's um, good. It's good, Sean. I like it a lot. The picking up the footy card and kissing it every time uh, that player kicks a goal is very similar to when I went to Adelaide Oval and had the Mitch Brown badge and was given that a kiss every time he kicked a goal. And then other people were kissing <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> was big. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the other thing you would love about this game, Sean, was the celebratory scenes after the game, which included Michael Voss trying to jump onto the roof of the Gabba. He was so excited on the bench. I've since I've since seen that and uh, made me very happy. I do love uh, Vossi. I don't know if I've Ken Hinckley also high fived a door. Like, there's a lot yeah, for you whatever. to like in this game. Uh, he can get fucked. That's the only thing. I wish Carlton won, just because then Ken Ken would be sad. He'd be a sad, wrinkly ball sack of a head. <laughs> two, well, two things in this game, and one of them includes my favourite piece of commentary for the season. Uh, and the other ones are just a, an offhand observation. Uh, so the first one is the observation that, I tell you what, when Charlie Dixon decides he's going to mark a football, um, get the fuck out of the way, I guess, because he's an unstoppable <laughs> beast of a man. And uh, my favourite piece of commentary on the weekend was Anthony Hudson describing him as the scariest man in football. I'd mm. agree. Again, he's the only one that you wouldn't beat in a fight, Sean. That's probably true, but I, I reckon I could kick straighter than him. Oh. <laughs> oh. He missed one. I told you guys this. He, the one that he shanked deep in that last quarter was exactly the same as the goal I shanked in under 18s. <laughs> so <laughs> from that, I can just say that Charlie Dixon and I equals. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's enough for me uh, to get, a, get the edge in a fight now. I might have. Is this, 
Does this mean we need to change your nickname to Big Dick Carney? Is that the... <laughs> Big Dick Carner. Bigger to, Dick Carner. I'm, I'm trying to grow a bigger beard than him right now. I'll fucking succeed. Yeah. Good luck, mate. I wish you all the best. So let's jump into the next game. Let's just keep things rolling. Uh, Melbourne embarrassed Hawthorne. Melbourne played the best game of their fucking lives. Yeah, I'm sick Hawthorne of them. suck. They are shit <laughs> yeah. ass. Except I'll tip them next week because if they stand for anything, they need to fucking respond. <laughs> uh, nah, Melbourne played real well. Yeah, and, Melbourne uh, were the, really Hawthorne good. had an interesting strategy though, boys. I don't know if you saw this. Hawthorne's plan for most of the game was to kick it to Max Gorn. Um, <laughs> didn't work for him. That's weird. Yeah, they lost. I would have banked on that one working, kicking it to the opposition <laughs> key player. He's the tallest fucker out there. He's the most recognisable dude in Melbourne's side. How are you not? Oh, boys. You got to seek him out anyway, in the crowd. Next- Just straight yeah. to him. <laughs> Shane Crawford called Petrarca the best player in the game. That is eh. an insane call big. by yeah. a lunatic. I don't know if it was Crawford or maybe someone else piled in and said, he's gone past Dusty, <laughs> which just made me laugh. I mean, did you see that kick Dusty made? on Saturday night in the North game where he kicked it through like three North Melbourne players at hip height straight into like a like it was a look, Dusty whatever. This kick was beautiful. So Petraka's got a bit to go, I reckon. Mm. Um here's a little bit of live news just to break this up. Hooker has just injured his calf, is out for three to four weeks. So my future Fucking bleak. Hell. <laughs> How far oh, away is the um, mustachioed oh. boy? Oh, he was probably going to play, I reckon, probably like this week, but then he also had a calf injury and got set back two weeks, so. Your footy club's cursed. Yeah, uh, but that's all right. Anyway, let's go to the next game before I pull the pieces on air. Uh, Well, this was the first Derby Derby of the year, Um, and Adelaide West Coast have now won 10 in a row, I believe. Fuck, that's big. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm, and I'm prepared for any West Coast or Freo supporters to email in and let me know that I'm wrong. I'm not going to check. Yeah. But I feel like the streak is big. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's only honest, four players who are playing for Freo on the weekend who've played in a derby win. West Coast have been so good for so long, and Freo have been pretty shit for a while. So makes sense. Yeah, look. I mean, we did get another also great uh, tackle from a defender uh, where Tabiner was in an open goal. Looked for all money like he was about to just waltz in and kick it, and someone Heath short him. <laughs> Tom Barris just got was him. Nick Rewalt commentating the game. He was, and he was like, I'm so glad that's happened. I'm no longer going to be the poster boy for this. And then I'm pretty sure after the game, Dunstall just showed the clip of it in the grand final. <laughs> of course, he will be the poster boy. His was in a grand final. Yep. Absolutely embarrassing. Also, embarrassing that you never won a premiership, Rewalt. Such yeah. shit. Lift, Rewalt. I mean, nah, Nick Rowett's a good bloke. He deserves nah. it. Nah. Well, if he's such a good bloke, come out of retirement and win a flag. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> if he's such a good bloke, come out of retirement and win a flag. <laughs> That's a very oh, good point. Man. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of a single good bloke that hasn't won a flag. None true. come to mind. Michael Voss won a flag. Won three. Three. Uh, yeah. Guys, no, the ultimate good guy who, who? didn't win a flag. Who? Richo. Nah. He was a sook on the field, though. Good good bloke off off the field, good bloke on the field. Piss off, mate. Are you claiming the man that cost them the first ever Dreamtime at the G win because he had a sook to the umpire <laughs> and Essendon played on around him and kicked a goal 
is a good bloke that deserves a premiership? Or does he <laughs> deserve to be remembered by that clip alone? Really makes you think. I mean, feels like, okay, Matthew Pavlich, he deserves a premiership. If he deserved one, he'd have one. I don't know him. Never met him. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. But you've met... You've. You... <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm not even going to go there. Next fucking game. I can't. <laughs> I can think of one. I can think of one. Who? Robert Harvey. Who? Ah, uh, yeah, no, nah, that's a good one. Yeah. But for the case of, um, oh, I've got another one. Who? Billy Brownless. Hmm. Oh, no, wait, no, he's not a good bloke, because if he was a good bloke, he would have won the flag. That's true. <laughs> Look, Tom, if Billy's such a good bloke, come out of retirement, stand <laughs> win next to Tommy Hawkins, and win the flag this year. It's that simple. I mean, hey, Gary Ablett's so, out for an indefinite period. We need another bald, fat bloke in the side. Yeah, Billy's ready to go. go. <laughs> yeah. See, like, when I think Scotty Lucas, I think good bloke because he won the flag. Hey, I met him in a car park. Good bloke. Yeah, great bloke. Hey, theory confirmed. I know for a fact Matty Scarlett, great bloke. He's got three of them. <laughs> Super bloke. There you go. Have you met him, though? <laughs> yeah, he signed my footy jumper. I only counts if you met him. I've met him. He signed All my right. footy jumper. Would he remember you? Yeah, he would actually. His, his uh, girlfriend and his sister played netball with my mum. So yeah, they remember, your, remember mom. your mum. They don't remember you. Nah, he remember me. I don't know. Does about Scotty that. Lucas remember you? He talks about him all the time. That guy in the car park. <laughs> guy in the car park. I tried to ignore until I couldn't, and then I had to sign a football. Yep, definitely remembers me. Was that after two thousand and one? Ooh. No, nah, I reckon I would have been in primary school, so no. Or no, I think it would have been one or two years before. Do you reckon you cursed him? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't get the autograph. My friend did because he was the Essendon supporter. Yeah. I think he said something like, you want one? And I was like, ha, oh, Brisbane. And he kind of just walked away. Well, because he thinks about you often. <laughs> he remembers you, yeah. and then he remembered he not remembers. to kick many goals on in 2001. No, nah, he, he played well. He kicked yeah, four goals that day. <laughs> but he could have kicked five. Yeah. And when he was lining up for number five, he went, oh, that, that young fella in the car park. Didn't want, to, didn't want a signature. So me, me missing this one, that can be a signature. So, yeah, <laughs> all of that points to theory confirmed. If you're a good bloke, you win flags. <laughs> I mean, this, this all checks out. Speaking of good blokes, Brett Ratton, good bloke, great bloke, coach of St. Kilda. He deserves a flag. Um, yeah, we'll see. He won one as a player because he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. He deserves a flag as a coach. (laughs) Coaches do win flags, Tom. Uh, Famously, you see it when they award the medal and the flag to the coach also. That's what I'm saying. He deserves to win one as a coach now as well. Um, All right, Tom. Time will tell. Yeah. He was involved at Hawthorne for quite a while. He's tasted it. Yeah, but not as the head coach. He didn't get the Jock McHale medal around his neck. Tom, Tom, Tom. This is very clear. If he's a good bloke, (laughs) he'll win one. Yeah, and and look... Looking at the results of the, the, the last game of the round on Monday, uh, he looks like he's going to win one because he's a good bloke. Uh, Tom, let's not go too hard in praise here because St. Kilda beat Adelaide, the most basket-case fucked team in the AFL by a significant margin, and they almost cooked it. Yeah, but they didn't cook it, no. and it's their first win interstate, I think, in like 19 games. That makes me depressed. <laughs> like, it's big for him. It's big. Yeah, yeah well, look, him. congratulations to St. Kilda. Uh, obviously, I'm not impressed yet, uh, but that's okay. Maybe I'm just not impressed with AFL at the moment because it's been a bad week. 
Look, I'm with you, Joel. It's hard. And especially, it's hard. Compli- fuck it. What was Hooker doing? Why has he hurt his calf? For fuck's sake. Right, and just before we get to our tips for next week, another huge thing has just happened whilst we're recording, which is the Festival of Footy lineup has finally been announced. Oh, 33 games. Starts on July 29th Mm. and finishes on uh, August 17th. And in that period of time, there is 33 games of football, which, pretty much a game every day. If you're paying attention, is fucked. We finally got what we wanted. So exciting, boys. Yeah, it was huge. But at what cost? Oof. Right, let's look at next week. Um, obviously, us reading out 33 games of a fixture would be boring, so we're not going to. We're just going to look at next week and put in our tips. So round eight kicks off Thursday uh, with the Suns taking on the Dogs and Isaac Rankin's going to kick five, so go Suns. Dogs. Yeah, after seeing the Dogs up close, I don't know if the Suns are going to be able to match that, but also I don't know if the Dogs are going to be able to bring that two weeks in a row. I think they will. Fuck. Ah, also, Tim English can get fucked. He looks like fucking Jimmy Olsen from Superman. Uh, And I like to think about him (laughs) as Jimmy Olsen in Batman v Superman, where Jimmy Olsen gets shot in the fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) He tore Essendon apart, and uh, I don't think Andrew Phillips will be in the team next week, because they'll probably bring back in Tom Bell Chambers, because again, Tim English just fucked us so hard. Uh, I want Gold Coast to win because I'm hurting, but I reckon the dogs might turn it on for a little bit now because they'll do this fucking thing that Western Bulldogs love to do, which is play really good a couple of weeks in a row, get everyone hyped, and then just fall off a fucking cliff again. Yeah. So, checks out. I'm going to tip dogs. Friday night. Giants versus Richmond. Giants. Fuck, Richmond are fourth. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. When did that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, when fuck. they keep winning, Tom. Yeah, they feel like they should be fucked. This is fucked. They've still got Richmond. no players. Um, so I'm going to tip Giants. But if Toby Green's not back, I'm going to switch back to Richmond. Redemption, grand final redemption. Oh yeah, actually, maybe it's finally Giants. time to hear that big, big sound. Yep, they'll they'll win when it doesn't matter. <laughs> They'll win the irrelevant grand final. Um, next game, North Melbourne take on Carlton. 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 Oh, Sean. <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> they've they've fucked me too many times. I'm going Carlton. How many times does North Melbourne have to fuck you over before you stop tipping them? Turns out five Whatever. weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. So Carlton. I think Zebel's out as well. So yeah, he was yeah, out last yeah. week. Um, Carlton. Sydney take on Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like Sydney. Oof. Um, I think I'm going to go Hawks, but that could change as well. I'll just check check in on see how big uh, Papley's chin's looking on the weekend. Obviously, the bigger it is and the more he leans into it, the more goals he kicks and the angrier <laughs> I get. <laughs> It's really hard to like Sydney while he's playing well, which is weird because every other member of that team is likable. He's just got yeah, the he worst. He doesn't head. belong there. No, no, Tra- he doesn't. Get him out. Get someone else in. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know. Send him to fucking Collingwood. Carlton's pretty close. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Same shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got Port take on St Kilda. 
Port. 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 Then we've got the winless Adelaide Crows take on Essendon, who will have no players. And this is the scariest how, game of the how year. How nervous are you, Joel? Oh, if it's a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 35. I'm shitting myself. Adelaide. Yeah. Adelaide for me. Yep. Yep. It's got to happen. At I'm some point. tipping Essendon, but I don't know. I believe, in, I believe in the boys. I believe in the boys, Joel. So I just Thomas. don't know who is going to be in our team. We So we now don't have a back line or, or a forward line, which is... Look, teams have won uh, with one of those three components missing, but it is kind of hard to see a team winning that can't stop goals but also can't kick goals when the like object of the game is to score the most points. Um, but I'm going to be tipping Essendon, obviously. Uh, it should be a big, famous victory at Adelaide Oval. Uh, then we've got West Coast Tech on Collingwood at Optus Stadium. West Coast. I think if West Coast is serious about going into finals this year, this will be a good way of telling. I'm tipping them, and I hope that there is massive soft tissue injuries at Collingwood. Uh, they deserve nothing but that. 44 hamstrings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hellhole had a crack at my team. They need to They need to go to the other interstate side mm. and uh, swallow up some Collingwood limbs. They will. Uh, then we've got Melbourne take on Brisbane. Brisbane. Lions. Brisbane. Although, back in the boys. Could be a good game. Yeah. Yeah, that should be good. Uh, and then we have Fremantle take on Cats. So, no Selwood. No Ablett. Is Fife back in? Uh, no, I think he's three weeks away. Yeah, so Cats will win. Fre- Freo. Uh, but but Duncan and Tom Stewart are back, so I'm going Geelong. Frio. Tom, you said that like that if they weren't back, you were going to be tipping Freo. Can you confirm that? I would never <laughs> tip. I'd never tip Freo. Fucking Geelong all the way. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Right. Uh, let's read a couple of emails. Uh, 
yeah, due to the changed recording schedule, this is a little shorter than you'd be expecting, and we'll unfortunately not be able to read out all the emails so that we can release this episode in a timely manner. So if your email was missed, I apologize. Uh, so we're only going to read out the two best emails. If your email wasn't read, it just means it was dog shit. Because <laughs> if you don't come first or second, you don't come at all. Hey, if you don't come first, you're last. <laughs> um, so right, this one, Ricky Bobby up in this. <laughs> so this one's important uh, because this isn't necessarily, this does not match the heights of last week's email. But it is in response to an email we got last week. Uh, so I think it's important to read this one. So first of all, uh, it's subject to go pies. Uh, important to no, note... None of this. Important to note that Incorrect. it doesn't say, hey boys, hey professors, nothing like that. It just says, hey Tom. This feels bad. Unlucky loss by the cats tonight, mate. Beaten by 22 pies and Razor Ray. Terrible umpiring. All the best, lads. And then he addresses Adam, the leader of the war on Collingwood. We've got this, Adam. We'll take them down with the war on Collingwood, and at least until Collingwood breaks our hearts again. All the best, boys. <laughs> uh, and that was from Caden, or as he likes to call himself, Kados. Ah, uh, Kados. The weapon. That's, look, thank you for your sympathy. You won, and thank you for acknowledging that the umpiring was indeed the umpiring across the weekend was really bad, and the AFL have actually come out and said, "Oh yeah, we're we're going to try to review it." to have some more consistency. And I think the best way to have consistency in umpiring is to not tinker with the rules in the middle of the fucking season. Tom, you got off um, pretty easy there on the email from Kados. Oh, he seems like a nice bloke, Sean. Maybe you could tell I was hurting. Maybe when Selwood went down, he realised this isn't the week to come at me. <laughs> uh, this is another email that clarifies two, e- two emails we've got in the past from different people. So the subject of this one is fuck the Clapham Demons. Context. <laughs> Hi, footy profs. I just wanted to provide you some context for the AFL scene in the UK, and specifically London, where I play. There are nine teams in and around London. I play for the Wimbledon Hawks. Clapham is a fairly big area of southwest London that is something of a destination for any Australians making use of their two-year visa. We actually train just down the road from where the Demons do, but our home ground is a bit further west. The reason I say fuck the Clapham Demons is they are one of the biggest clubs in terms of members. They pay Jet Aussie monthly wages to come and play for them. Not really in the spirit of the league. They also frequently try and strong arm the league administration over the smallest things, so they've generally built up quite a bit of negative opinions from the rest of the league. I hope this helps. If you're ever allowed back to the UK and happen to be in London between April and July, then you should come down for a match. From Luke. P.S. Whoever the guy that was thinking of playing for the Demons, fuck that. He should come and play for the Hawks. So the Demons are kind of like Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely Cunts. fuck the Clapham guys, Demons. Guys, it's war on Collingwood and Clapham. Yeah. It's on. Clapham Bring cunts. It. That's what Let's they go. are. Clapham cunts. I agree. Oh. War on um, Clapham. So, sounds, sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, so we talked a lot of shit about St. Kilda on the show today, but... There is some enthusiasm out there, and this email comes from Jake, uh, subject, Oh, when the Saints, all caps. <laughs> Boys, footy's great. Sure, we beat the most dog shit team in the game this season, but we <laughs> fucking broke a 10-year streak tonight. The only thing I'm mad about is the fact I wasn't at the Oval to get mouthy at all those fucking dog shit Crows supporters. <clears throat> all right, got that out of my system. I'll put the caps lock away for the time being. <laughs> I fucking love Dan Butler. 
He's always just out there flying under the radar, putting himself under the ball with nobody on him. He's sneaky, and I love that. It's a fucking great time to be a Saints supporter. Keep up the great work, lads. Congratulations on the roast this week, Carney. Here's to one day getting to enjoy the simple pleasures of a beer at the footy again, sooner rather than later. Kisses, <laughs> Jake. You on your Jakey boy. Oh. That's awesome. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, I, I will say that there was one passage of play that every Saints supporter should just watch over and over again to feel good. End of the first quarter, Brad Hill, there's like 15 seconds left. Ruck, center bounce, ruck thing, whatever. Brad Hill takes it cleanly, bursts out of the pack, bullet into Max King's super long arms goal. Just there's the future of uh, the St. Kilda Footy Club right there. It was fucking mad. It was. Yep. Here is probably the best email we got this week. Uh, and this is from Pete, uh, who is a pastor at the Church of Faganism. <laughs> <laughs> Dear footy generals, I'm writing you an update on the Brisbane front line of the war on Collingwood. I have two mates who are Pies supporters, and this is their only yet fucking majorly significant fuck up in life. Thus, Can't although mates, them. the war has been on. An important note is that I was mates with them before they desired to follow a pack of tattered toothless cunts. <laughs> oh. Very good. I've been deep undercover. I haven't told them about the war but this has been an advantage for my sneak attacks. <laughs> I found out that their most hated teams are Sydney and Essendon, so I have attacked them with the following. I bought them both a three-game membership for their most hated teams. <laughs> we used to work together and don't anymore, so I have asked their co-workers to periodically change their desktop mousepad coffee cup to merch from their hated teams. Also asked them to ask how that team was going, even though my mates have told them they don't like the team. <laughs> and good. I have sent their sons a onesie from their most hated team for their son's birthday in hopes of changing the institutional fuckwittery of Collingwood. Oh, Thus, I the war this. is alive and well. I'm seeking orders on my next attack from you three generals. Come on, the Lions. Cheers, Pete, pastor at the Church of Faganism. That's that's huge. That three-pronged attack Pete is massive. He doesn't need any advice from us. He feel, it feels like he's got it under control. Pete, can we say this? Yes, Sean, go for it. To Pete. The legend. Boys, how about we take the week and then next week in the email section, we respond back to Pete with his orders for his next plot? Because I think I can come up with something pretty good. Yeah. Actually, All right. listeners, if you want to email in this week, there's a bit of a theme to the emails. What should the next step on the war on Collingwood be? That's good. That's very good. I'll take the week off. The listeners <laughs> can do the work. <laughs> you can also think of one. Yeah. Hey, if people are listening to a free podcast, they're going to pay the fucking price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They want content. They need to provide us with content. <laughs> My favorite part of that war, though, is not only changing all their stuff in their office when you don't work there, but is having those people be like, oh, how's Essendon or Sydney going? That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really oh, that's, good. that is the, that's really that is the best thing. Uh, so, oh. on your Pete. Um, he signs off with P.S., Sorry about the cats going down to the pies last night, Tom. Although I'm a huge Lions fan, I did have a slice of toast in your honor. Legend. Thanks, mate. What a great Thanks, email. Mate. You're a good bloke. He's a great bloke. These emails are all very good. It's funny how all the all the best emailers are Brisbane supporters. I mean, yeah. It's- Checks out. Tom, it's the fact. Um, so even- if you want to send us an email about what uh, we should be doing in the war on Collingwood or you want us to just not read your email out, um, you can send it to howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or you can contact us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty or individually. I'm at Awkward Trade. 
I'm at Psyche of Dowie. And I am at Douche 13. Bring on the festival, boys. Bring on the festival. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.